Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writer's Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. I want to start with a little bit of news from the survey that I ran over the holiday period. I'm very grateful to all of you who took part, and I really appreciate you taking the time to give me your views. As a result of that survey, I'm going to be taking some actions in relation to the way the podcast works. First of all, I've received the message loud and clear from all of you that I need to stay focused on the main task of presenting principles and techniques of creative writing in a clear and practical way. Some of you are interested in developments in commercial and self-publishing and occasional interviews, but all of you that answered have told me that the overall focus of the podcast should be on this core content. So that's what's going to happen. On the subject of interviews, respondents told me that the frequency for these was about right, although there was a sizable minority of you that said I should have more teaching and less interviews. So I'm going to keep the ratio at about one interview for every three or four teaching episodes. That's going to be interviews with established writers and publishing professionals and creative writing experts. Finally, somebody suggested that I introduce an occasional episode where I answer listeners' questions. So I'm going to do that. Probably what I will do for that is to invite perhaps one or two other people to join me for the podcast so that I can ask the question of them as well as myself and you guys can have a range of opinions. If you do have a question, please feel free to get in touch. My email address is andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. So let's get back to today's episode. Have you ever found that your story can feel like it's running out of steam at around the midpoint? This is the midpoint crisis I refer to in the title of this podcast. Although, in fact, the problem can afflict a story probably anywhere between 25 and 75 percent of the way in. So today I'm answering the questions. What is this problem? What's this issue and how can it be solved? So let's start by defining the problem. You've started your story, you've set the scene, you've introduced characters, you've put them into peril, you've put in some conflict, everything is in motion. You've set out the stall in terms of the who and the where and the what's happening in your story. You've played a lot of your cards and suddenly, when we're getting to that point, 50 or 60 pages in, you pause for breath and then you start to worry about whether you can sustain that momentum. How are you gonna keep your reader engaged all the way through the story? Is it gonna sag at this point? Now, when we look at this issue, we find that, in fact, it comprises not one, but two related problems. The first problem is one I alluded to just now. You've played a lot of your cards, you've hooked your reader, but how do you keep them? How do you maintain that momentum and prevent your story from sagging and meandering in that middle third or half of the book? The second related problem is more personal. It's about you and me as writers rather than our work. You've been carried along by enthusiasm as you start your story. You've worked hard to set everything out and now you feel like you're in danger of losing your way. You're not feeling so assured about the story that you're writing. Maybe there are frustrations, maybe stuff in your life gets in the way. In his book, How to Write, Harry Bingham describes this problem like this. Untellably large numbers of writers charge off into their novel, delighted to find out how easy it is, how sweetly the story flows. Then, about 20 or 30,000 words into their book, they somehow feel as though they've lost their mojo. The plot seems to be treading water. If they try to notch up the tension, throw in a murder or a war, a lover or a vampire, the book starts to seem cluttered and rather tense. The entire project seems to be on the point of failure. The predicament is a common one. Writers often either abandon the project or struggle on through, hating their story a little bit more each time they come back to it. Or perhaps they have enough craft and talent to make something more or less workable, albeit something that misses that frisson of excitement which once seemed to be there. So what can you do? 
Let's look at the solutions to the first of these two related problems. Some commentators have suggested that the way to deal with this issue is in fact to add some dramatic twist to the story just as you feel it going off the boil. Kill off a character, add a romantic association for your protagonist, throw in a sudden change of scene. Maybe this critical point in the story is where your real villain steps out from behind the curtain. As the reader, we discover that your antagonist, the mysterious Dr. Strangelove, is actually being controlled by someone even more dark and sinister, the very mysterious Dr. Strange Hat. Well, I think you can guess from the way I'm describing these ideas that I'm not at all convinced by this approach. The problem is, if you start to throw in significant and dramatic elements at this stage, you're going to encounter two further problems. First, while you might pique the reader's interest for a moment, you will also leave yourself with a problem related to your plot. How does this dramatic twist fit in with everything else? It might have wound things up a little bit, it might have added a little bit of energy, but how does it fit into the whole context of your story? How does it fit in, particularly, to your main storyline? The second problem is one of credibility. Your reader might conclude that the dramatic event that you've just thrown in is hopelessly out of kilter with the main plot. It might seem like just a coincidence or some kind of God-from-the-machine contrivance. That's a short trip to losing your reader. And just by way of explanation, if the term God-from-the-machine, or to give it its original Latin name, Deus Ex Machina, is not one you've heard of before, let me just briefly explain. It's a term that started life in its ancient Greek form and related to Greek tragedies where it referred to a contraption or machine that brought actors playing gods onto the stage. These gods would then impact irresistibly on the human world, wrapping the story up, tidying up the loose ends in a neat, if rather forced and contrived way. Now, for our purposes as writers, the term is used to refer to a literary device where plot problems are resolved in a sudden, rather forced way by the unexpected intervention of a person, an event, or a piece of information. This approach will certainly resolve the plot problem, but it will leave your readers feeling cheated. You can only add these twists to the plot if you also do the hard work of making sure that whatever you're doing will work for the rest of the plot. So it's got to fit with the story and it doesn't seem contrived. So how do you do that? Well, one way to make sure that a significant factor or a significant thing that you've inserted is successful is to foreshadow it earlier on. So to give you a quick example, in The Lord of the Rings, the final conflict over the One Ring at Mount Doom is foreshadowed by Gandalf when he says this. My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet for good or ill before this is over. And that little comment sets up what's going to happen in the final conflict. But again, this requires some preparation and all of this points to the real solution to the problem, which is, I'm sorry to say, that you have to put in the work and do your planning. And this is something that I alluded to in episode 24 on planning and pantsing. Basically, you have to plan and you have to plan before you start to really get into the draft of your work. Your plan has to be sufficiently detailed chapter by chapter or even scene by scene within chapters so that you know pretty well as much about what's going to happen between, say, chapters 7 and 14 as you do between chapters 1 and 6. Now, I love to let my imagination run free in storytelling and creative writing is at its heart an art of the imagination, but it has to be a fusion of imagination and discipline. And a lot of that discipline has to come up front. You can think of the planning as setting out the arena or the boundaries of your story. Once you've done that, within those boundaries, you're free to be as inventive as you want. This does not 
and should not stop you from trying to incorporate good ideas when they come to you. Inspirations and insights that you have just at any point, a clever insight into your protagonist's motivations, perhaps a detail that makes your setting more authentic, or a flash of inspiration that helps you explain some aspect of the story. All of these are very welcome and you should make sure that you try and incorporate them. But they're quite different from, for example, trying to resolve a plot problem where your character is in two places at once by simply giving them, quite out of the blue, the ability to be omnipresent. Would you be impressed as a reader? I don't think so. There are a couple of other things that I want to say about solving these technical problems with mid-story crisis before I move on. First, I had a recent interview with the science fiction writer Alastair Reynolds, and he mentioned that one of the techniques which he employs to help him with this problem is to make sure he writes the ending of the story early. This is particularly helpful for finishing a short story, but it's also a technique that other writers have used, notably J.K. Rowling for the Harry Potter series. She wrote the end of that story very early on to give us some point at the end to aim for. Secondly, when you're doing your planning, make sure that you haven't planned the problems into your work. The scenes of your story need to be compelling. There should be authentic conflict, authentic engagement. We don't just want to see meandering character development. We don't just want to see you lovingly set the scene. Part of the reason for planning is to iron out these issues at the preparation stage. It's a lot easier to fix a 50 word chapter summary than a 5,000 word chapter. And at that planning stage, then you can make sure your chapters have tension and conflict and have that engine that drives things on. Writing on her blog on this subject, the freelance editor, Ellen Brock, says this. Conflict is what keeps the reader reading. If it also moves the plot forward, then there's no way for your middle to sack. Keep in mind that the quality of a conflict can be tested by determining whether or not it is so necessary to the telling of the story that there would be no way to remove the conflict and still end up with the plot line intact. Conflicts should cause something to change. Plans, emotions, allies. And this change should affect the novel's outcome in a way that is significant enough for the reader to identify. Of course, conflict doesn't just mean people shooting at each other or hitting each other. It can be psychological conflict, it can be relational conflict, and the conflict should not just be a rehash of something that's already happened in the story. Again, Ellen Brock has some words of advice. Sometimes authors respond to an uninspired middle by falling back on their conflict of choice. This results in a novel that reuses the same conflict a number of times. If there's a fire in chapter 4 and 8 and 15 and 24, you might want to ask yourself whether this recurring conflict is building the tension or zapping it. The key to using the same conflict multiple times is that each time you use it, you must up the ante. If the first fire is a tipped over candle, the next one needs to be an out of control bonfire. Recurring conflicts also work much better when there is a reason they keep recurring. If your character just happens to get hit by a stray bullet on three occasions, readers are going to find the novel a bit contrived. So to summarise, the way to solve these technical problems is to make sure you've done your planning up front, keep the storyline tight, Keep it intriguing, keep it authentic and keep it moving along. Use the planning process to get rid of all of that meandering, all of that sagginess and focus on the main storyline. So let's now move on from the problem with the story to the problem with its creator. And this is more of an existential issue rather than a technical one. As the author, you're getting towards the middle of your story and you just feel like it's not hanging together. that You're just losing your way, that you're just seeing the whole thing crumble a little bit. Now, if you've done your planning, there is good news. What you are feeling is a natural psychological phenomenon. It doesn't reflect on the quality of your story. If you've done that planning, have faith in your planning and you'll be fine. To put it another way, if you have some undefined worry about what you're doing, stick to the plan and keep going. If, however, you can see a clear and specific reason why there is a problem, then you will have to stop and change something. If it's just a bit of panic or just an uncertainty, 
trust in the work that you've already done. It will be hard work, of course, but you know writing's hard work. That's not news to you. You've worked that out already. Another piece of advice from Alistair Reynolds might be helpful at this point. Work regularly on the draft of a novel, thereby building up momentum. And this momentum can help carry you through, especially when you know that in spite of how you feel, in reality, your work is sound and well plotted and is developing as it should. So again, to summarise, if you feel like you're losing your way, you should recognise that this is a common problem. Try to understand why it might be. And if it's just an undefined feeling, push on with the writing. Keep at it. If there are specific problems, you may need to stop and address them. Try to keep up with the writing schedule and use that momentum to help you push through. So that's it for this episode. Today I've referenced the following sources. How to Write by Harry Bingham, published by Bloomsbury. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by HarperCollins. And Ellen Brock's blog which is at, and I'll spell this, T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-D-I-T-O-R, therighteditor.wordpress.com. As ever, if you have comments on this podcast or the podcast in general, please do get in touch. I'm at andrewjchamberlain.com. I'm also on Twitter at Writers Tool Belt. My thanks as ever to Podcast Themes for providing the music and thank you to you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.